head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe mma podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast the pride of limerick the young man named sean sheehan the mma media don graham mcdonald the severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 155, the lightweight division of the severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheen and with me, like every week, is the George Ryan of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald. As we discuss a brilliant, big, huge week of MMA, we're going to talk about UFC London, UFC Liverpool was announced this weekend, Floyd Mayweather was talking shite again, we're going to discuss that, Aaron Chalmers had a fight booked, we'll briefly discuss that because it's, you know, we'll probably be discussing it more uh, at the time, similarly to CM Punk, and just before we came on air, Derek Lewis and Francis Ingano were going at it online, so we'll talk a little bit about that, um, before I throw it over to Graham to say hello to you, please go to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast, sign up. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff coming over the next week, and we had a lot of stuff from the last week as well. Um, you know, there's an interview up there with Jordan Ring Ken Early as well from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, there's the rewatch with me for Conor McGregor versus Chad Mendez, and what was the one I did last week? Verdum against Emilianinko. Coming up next week is going to be Habib Magomedov, um, Michael Johnson, and what was the other one? Oh, I did Rose versus uh, Rose versus Joanna Wan. But and there's another one coming as well this week. So I won't say that before I record it, just in case it fucks up. Right <laughs> so uh, that's coming this week and loads of other stuff. So Patreon.com forward slash severe at my podcast. Graham, how things? How's the, how's the crack? Yeah, good, good, good. Uh, did you have a good party today? And uh, no, I just ate like a load of stuff and felt really sick after it. Didn't have one drink. So yeah, it was uneventful really, but I felt sick last night, but I'm okay now. I believe you're you're in a similar sick feeling, but for for a different reason. Yeah, I'm just hungover. But uh yeah, what do you think of the Ireland England game? It was pretty pretty good stuff, wasn't it? I actually missed like the first twenty minutes of it. Like I, I Limerick played in the in the league wasn't league final, but they had to beat Galway last week to get to the the first division of the league. Oh. To get the, but no, but I'm, here's the thing: I <laughs> if if Ireland won the World Cup final in rugby, I'd care more about that league game than I would about Ireland winning the World Cup. Like I like Ireland, I hope they win and all, but like I have absolutely no passion for it. Like I I, I wouldn't mind rugby's an okay sport to watch. I like the team. I hope they win, but. I just absolutely no passion for it. Like I missed the first 20, 25 minutes of it yesterday because I was I was fixing up my room here. Any videos that's coming out, there's gonna be a new background and I'm here in my uh in my studio, we'll we'll call it. So yeah, I don't know. Are you the same? But are you are you Nine McGraw? Like are you one of these lads who love rugby? What's the crack? Um no, like I like rugby. I wouldn't like a lot of my friends be bigger into it, like um but yeah, I am kinda when the turn when the Six Nations is on or the World Cup is on or even the Lions tour kind of watched that, but I wouldn't be like, you know, watching Leinster or Munster every every week or anything like that. But if there was a big like semi-final of the Champions uh, Cup, I think it's called, uh, I'd probably watch that. Like, but I'm not really interested in like that Rabo Direct uh, League or anything like that. Like, yeah, the ro- but, like rugby's a status symbol in Ireland. Like, there's the, don't get me wrong now. There's, you know, great fans of Munster and, and Leinster and Ulster and Connacht and all who, you know, who go to all the games and have been for years. Like, you know, probably 30, 40,000 of them. But for a lot of people, it's just like a status symbol. You can put on your scarf and go with your girlfriend to the game and, you know, drink a glass of wine before you go out there or go out to the pub. For... That's, that's what rugby is in Ireland. Like, like rugby has no history 
no big history in Ireland. Like it has the history of, you know, a lot of, uh, Limerick, especially the huge history, and in Dublin as well, in the city, uh, and and Cork, and I'm sure Galway and Belfast and stuff as well has history there. But like from the normal people, like th- does it really? People are going to absolutely slaughter me now for this, but I, I think it's yeah, just people probably don't care about Ruby or listen to no, this as well. Yeah, I think it's, it's it's just uh, it's just a state of simple thing. But anyway, other than that, you, you drank a lot of beer, I suppose, did you? Yeah, yeah, I went uh, went into town. I went to mate's golf, watched the games, and then uh, went to a pub in town, and that was it. But it wasn't one, nothing special. But you kind of you kind of have to drink on party day, don't you? No, <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. That's don't be racist, please, Graham. How dare you? How dare you be so? Man United won as well. Be racist, but yeah. Liverpool won. So a good weekend for sport, apart from uh, apart from yeah. Man United get knocked out of the Champions League to Sevilla, and then Mourinho got, got gives some home truths to the Man United fans about how they're not really that big a club after all. It, he was kind of right though, but I, I like the way he, <laughs> he should he be used to it by now, Sean. Yeah, he did it in a different way than Ra- people were comparing it to Rafa Benitez, but Rafa Benitez kind of did it in the running in the big se- like United season is basically over now, you know. So I think it's a good time to do it, give people a kick up the arse at this stage. So I, I I actually thought it was pretty good when I when I heard like one clip of it and I was like, oh no, he's after losing the rag, and then I listened to the whole thing and I was like, yeah, he's actually he's kind of right. Like it's it's a bit sad, but. You know, at least we're not Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> at least you're not still in the Champions League. Yeah, well, you uh, well, drove uh, Man City. What are you talking about? You're gone from the Champions League. Uh, we'll see about that. We'll see about that. No, no, you're gone. You're gone. Right, let's get into the UFC anyway and the MMA and the whole talking shit about that. UFC London was this weekend, and it was a very, 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 very good uh, night of fights, even though coming well, like into I said it, it, I said it would be, didn't I? I said it would be. Yeah, me too, me too. Be exciting, even yeah. though it was a bad card. Yeah, I didn't write an article for sure, dog, titled Underwhelming. <laughs> no, but it's weird. I thought before we actually get to the fights, let's talk a little bit about that. Like, I, st- I still stand by that article I wrote that this this was an underwhelming card on paper. And I think the fans in London, and especially London, you know, maybe if, if this card was in Manchester or in Liverpool or even in Dublin, you'd say fair enough. Well, obviously, maybe it'd be different in Dublin because there are, you know, so many English guys and stuff. But because those markets are a little bit smaller maybe and this wouldn't be as bad a card for them but i think london especially and even even those other markets they deserve a little bit better and i know we just we've discussed it before that the ufc are with so many events are absolutely torn to shreds with what they can put on cards but that doesn't mean that the people should settle you know that people should be wanting more and even after i put out that article a lot of people are giving me abuse it's like oh there's lots of english guys and this is good cars like yeah but you, you're gonna always have them like why would you not strive for more why would you not want to have you know cowboy Cerrone on this card or you know anthony pettis or you know not, i'm not saying like conor mcgregor you know john jones or anything like that but why you know I don't know why not Francis Ngano on this card. Well, maybe it's a bit close for him, but a lot of other other fighters in this card. Like, am I wrong about that, or should we just settle for a Bama, a souped-up Bama card? Yeah, well, I think I think it's just it's just spread too thin. They just can't they can't do it. And like London, the UK market just isn't a priority for them. So. They're just not going to put. They're not like they're just going to put together a card that's good enough to to sell out and interesting enough for people to to watch and that's that's just it's just not a priority it's not a pay-per-view it's not a fox card it's it's on outside of the, the normal time zone so it's just not a priority so it, i think people will be expecting these cards similar enough cards to this from now on in in uk and ireland for the maybe the the, the, the coming to liverpool one might be a bit a bit bigger but 
it'd be Darren Till probably in the main event against somebody. And I see people talking about Bisping, but I don't see that happening because he can be used elsewhere as well. So yeah. you never know. Like you never know. Maybe if Bisping comes out and says, "I really want on that card." It's my last fight to use. He might be like, "All right, go on." Yeah, we'll get we'll get to Liverpool in a second, but I suppose let's get get straight into into this card before we move on any further. And I suppose the main event um, was was a pretty good fight. In fact, I, I thought it wasn't bad. Um, let me just run you through what happened there. If anyone didn't see it, uh, Verdun came out with, with the flying kick like he like he always does, and it was weird because Fodkov actually like lost con- concentration for a little bit. He got, got double leg taken down, and he you know he got basically beat on for the rest of the round the, the second round was kind of a little bit similar as well Verdun was playing around he nearly got to take down the start of the round and then he kind of dropped down to his back you know like he always does like uh, in the in the in the uh rewatch I talked about it last week and he, he didn't fall for the first but then he was kind of doing it again he ended up getting a single leg good bit of uh, of ground and pound and you know <sighs> It was a bit of a pass. He passed the half guard, I believe, at one stage as well, and he got the Kimura at the end of the round, but ran out of time. In the third round, Volkov actually started to come into it a little bit. And Verdun was doing that thing again where he kind of acted hurt, but he he, he began, you know, he hurt his eye. His eye was closing at one stage. Um, Volkov stopped a couple of, of single legs, although he did get in, get taken down for a while at one stage, and Verdun pulled guard as well. But Volkov was doing a little bit better, and then in the second, he stopped that, that single leg as well and ended up getting on top himself in a bit of, of ground and pound before he actually got the finish with a, a lovely combination that right hand that he's not guys out with before but overall what were, what were your impressions of the fight a lot of people were saying that, that Verdun looked a little bit off yeah I did I thought Verdun he he got, got him down and he he's trying to use the can opener to to open his guard but I think Volkov was just too long or or it just wasn't affecting him like like I think Verdun expected it to and make him open his guard and he had really good guard retention and when Verdun did get past his guard and uh, got onto his back he he, he hurried an an arm, an arm bar attempt instead of just kind of you'd expect somebody as, as good as him to like a, an arm bar when people are sweaty is a risky a risky submission to go for when you have somebody's back but Verdun obviously he's pulled that off before he has confidence in himself but. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe he underestimated the the defense of, of Volkov there on the ground. Maybe he thought it was once he got it down, it was going to be all over. And maybe a lot of people thought that, but Volkov was very good at just getting his guard back and not trying not trying anything risky, just waiting for a tiny bit of space and trying to get up. So fair play to Volkov. Like he he looked better. He looked better on the ground than I, I thought he was. Uh, obviously, for Doom is a very high level jiu-jitsu guy. Uh, he's he, he's a bit old now. Maybe that's. Maybe that's why it's harder for him to, or he gassed out a little. He seemed to gas out a little, and why he looked a bit off, as some people were saying. But all credit to Volkov. He he was losing that fight, like, and he managed to turn it around and finish for Doom. And I know for Doom's been finished before, but um, it's probably the biggest win of, of Volkov's career, in the biggest spot of his career so far. Mm-hmm. I think two things played into this. If you look at Volkov's record, first of all, he got submitted twice in his first nine fights, and he said 25 fights since then and never got submitted over eight years. So that says to me that he saw that weakness and he improved it. You know, and he, he's fought some uh, fought some very good guys as well. You know, a lot of guys there who's fought no joke, like you know Stephen Struve, uh, Ryan Nelson, Attila Ve. You know, was was a top fighter at one stage. Czech Congo, he lost to him, but uh, you know, the, and a, and a few more like lads like that too. Vitaly Minikov. Uh, although he he knocked him out, but that that says to me that he, you know he's no joke on the ground. And as you mentioned, there Verdum is a different kettle of fish altogether. But he did look okay on the ground. You know, Verdum Verdum was trying his hardest. He was landing a bit of ground and pound. At one stage, 
you know, he wasn't trying to pass that hard because I think if if Verdun did want to pass, he probably could have passed more. But at one stage, he kind of stood up and tried to pass and did pass, but he didn't maybe do that enough. Maybe he was, maybe he was thinking over, okay, this might be might be lasting five rounds. I need to I need to spare myself a little bit uh, if this is going all the way. Um, so there was that Volkov. I thought defended well. He was getting to the close guard all the time, and and you know Verdun. He's so long as well that Verdun found it hard to reach him with the ground and pound and it's weird because you know you see all the time when there's very good ground and pound you think of guys like Frankie Edgar even Tito Ortiz or something like that when they're it may be even in the full guard and you know they're they get close to you and land a big ground and pound shots to the to the body into the head and all Verdun was doing a bit of that but not that much to be honest and Volkov you know you could say he lost two of the first three rounds maybe all three uh what was the term i can't remember the term but he lost the first two anyway and you know he wasn't really much in that in that much trouble or anything um at that stage the second part then of it i thought was volkov's actually kind of a bad matchup for verdum on the feet and that's kind of why i picked him because verdum recently as he's striking as well maybe not recently at this stage over the last what three four years maybe he's striking has improved an awful lot where he throws those big kicks you know he's a long guy and he can afford to be dangerous to throw dangerous start of high kicks and stuff because he doesn't mind going to his back but volkov plays range very well we saw it against stefan struve volkov is one of the oddly one of the good guys in the heavyweight division or in any division really any of the higher divisions anyway that uses his lint well and i thought he did that very well against verdum it was just popping that little jab in landing combinations you know he busted up verdum's face and i think those two things went together and that's why the reason why he got the win recently or um that's why he got the win like i didn't think I actually think Volkov looked worse than Verdum. I thought Verdum was all right. He got a good few takedowns. You know, he 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 tried to land ground and pound. You know, he was it, it was just a hard fight for him. I think, but I thought Volkov like Volkov kept getting drawn in by Verdum. Verdum was like calling him on and stuff, and he went for and got Volkov down, got him for a takedown. When he threw that big that big uh, kick from the start, Volkov started putting his hands up, playing with him, and he got taken down as well. Like uh, there was a lot of mistakes in there for Volkov. And he still ended up, uh, he still ended up winning the fight. So, like, that's kind of why I picked him beforehand. So, I just, I just think it's a, it's a tough matchup altogether for for Verdum. Yeah, it's, uh, it is a tough loss for Verdum because um, he's not exactly a top guy, you know. Um, he's, he's obviously, obviously Verdum is like one of the greats, and like you, you were talking about that Fedor fight and stuff. Like, that was a long time ago, and I know that was what, like twenty ten or something, was it? Yeah, good boy, back anyway. You know, he's been around. He's been, he's is he he's been champion. Like, is he as motivated as he as he used to be? It, it, like his jiu-jitsu used to be like top top level, like be- better than ninety nine percent of the people in the UFC. But is it still there? Has everybody else kind of coming in just got good enough jiu-jitsu to kind of stifle his? When maybe in in years gone past they weren't able to do that. So maybe the game's just. You know, he's obviously had a really good career, and he's what forty something now. So it's 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 going to come a time um, very soon, or yeah, he's forty now. It's going to come a time very soon where where the game's just completely passed him by. And if you look at his wins recently, like the Tabura win, the Walt Harris win, the Travis Brown win, like the last gold win, the last really top level win was against Cain Velasquez in twenty fifteen. So. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe he's already maybe he's already on the downward slide and he just he just can't compete at the very top level anymore. There there definitely is a bit of that. Like, when, uh, but uh, t- I think this this fight was kind of analyzed badly coming into it. I think by a lot of people and even afterwards, 
I just think, I really do think Volkov is a bad match, matchup for him. And people are talking about Volkov as, you know, a new, new, you know, a new breath of fresh air coming into the heavyweight division. Volkov has more fights than, than Verdum. I don't know if people yeah. realize that. You know, he's been around for years and years and years, and he's a good fighter, you know, a veteran fighter. He's not he's not a prospect, like, and I think he's, well, he's just coming into his own, maybe hitting his prime right about now, and maybe Verdum is a little bit lower than it. Obviously, he's been fighting at a lot, of, you know, the top level um, a, lot, a lot more than, than Volkov, but Verdun, if you look at his last couple of losses, like Overeem, Stipe Miocic, like what are, you know, they're good at using their lint long guys who are, you know, hard to submit, hard to beat. Similar enough to Volkov. Now, Volkov isn't anywhere near as good as the two of them. Well, you know, maybe Overeem at this stage of his career, he's, he's close enough. But I, I, I just think, you know, there's a tendency in MMA sometimes, and I suppose maybe in, I don't know, in other sports, but I've definitely thought about this before in MMA, like that. Just because a guy is on a roll or just because he's champion or something, there's a tendency to think ah, he's just going to win. And I've done it. I'm not going to lie. I think a lot of people do it. But I don't know. Maybe it's because I went, we were doing a little bit more stuff for this card and stuff. And I went back and watched maybe a little bit more tape and stuff. For like, I don't know. I just, for me, uh, uh, you know, maybe this has been smart after time. But I, I don't know. I just, I thought, I always thought Volkov was a, was a bad matchup for him. And sometimes that does happen. But um, yeah, I I wouldn't uh, to be honest. I, I don't buy into the Verdum was bad and uh, and he looked off. I don't I, to be honest. I don't really buy into that. I think Volkov was 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 good. Um, what did you think about the arm the armbar attempt? I think it was the second round. Was it when he had the back and he went for the armbar? Kind of he kind of seemed to rush it nearly. Or do you think he just thought he had it and backed himself? Or do you, do you think maybe he he didn't he kind of underestimated Volkov's defense on the ground? But Verdun does that though, doesn't he? You know, he and usually he does get it in fairness to him, but he he dives on it. And I think that was actually it's good you bring that up. I think that was a kind of pivotal point in the fight. Because Verdun there's I think at that stage, the stage had come where Verdun realized this guy is tough and I'm gonna need to take something here. And maybe, maybe, you know, maybe there was an injury or something coming in because he didn't you know, he didn't look as, as good as he does look usually. I think he, what did he, he went five rounds in his last fight, and he let me, yeah, he did. And he looked good, you know, against Tybor in a, in a, in a kind of a, a kickboxing match more than anything. But maybe there was maybe there was something like that that he, he said, I have to finish this and I'm going to go for it. But maybe he didn't as well. But he always does that. You know, we, we saw watching back that Fedor fight, he does that as well. And he was looking for those things where he, he dropped his back pull guard, got hurt a little bit, made it look worse, tried to get to his, his back. And, you know, when you do that as well, it's important, I think, to realize that if you do that, you're trying to win the fight. You're not trying to go to a decision and win the fight because, you know, what are the judges supposed to do? Look at that and say he got hit and went to his back. That's a knockdown. Like, you know, even though maybe it's when you're a judge, you say, oh, no, he did that on purpose. You know, you can't really do that. You know, you have to say he, he got hit, he got knocked down. So that's a knockdown. I'm going to score that against him. So maybe Verdum, you know, that's the game he plays. He just fights all out for the finish and I, I think that's kind of what he was doing going for that armbar as well but just going for it and you know even if he landed up with Volkov on top of him I don't think it really mattered to him and you know I think that's just kind of mm. the way he fights to be but the fact that he had the back is like such a dominant position okay he only had one hook in but he 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 switched straight away to that armbar maybe he should like obviously after after you missed the armbar it's easy to say oh you shouldn't have went for that armbar but it, uh, percentages wise is he it seems he to me like he that was a, that was an error and maybe maybe it's it, obviously as i'm saying it's easy to say afterwards and maybe if he gets that he gets a bonus and all that stuff so it, it could have been very different but obviously when you lose it you can you can look back and pick pick stuff out yeah 100 
I suppose moving on from that, what, what do you think is next for, for Volkov? Volkov, number seven in the division at the moment. Uh, Mark Hunt, Derek Lewis, Curtis Blades, Verdum, Overeem, Ingano, and Stipe above him. I suppose it has to be onwards and upwards here for Volkov, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, he, he's ranked seven, so... Mm. Curtis Blades is ranked four, one. like, you know... Yeah. Like, I, that's probably an appropriate, appropriate match to make. Or, even I'd like to see Overeem and Volkov, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good fight as well. Yeah, and you know that's probably one you can do. You know, if they go back to say Germany or to Amsterdam or somewhere like that, I think that'd be a good fight for even a co-main event in in Liverpool. Well, maybe it be a too a little bit close for that, but I think that'd be a good fight. Uh, fight for Europe as well, and it, it, I know I, I said earlier Vol- Volkov is more experienced. Maybe people give him credit for and stuff, but it is good to see a new name, if maybe not. Uh, a, a big young contender coming in, you know, with the likes of of Tuivasa, who is ranked where is he number thirteen, and and um, obviously Curtis Blazer as well, ranked number four, and Francis ranked number one. You know, it's good to see those lads coming through, and uh, I I really do think Volkov is underestimated. I think he's a he's a tough matchup for a, for a lot of the guys there, and I'd like to see him, you know, in against a lot of them as well but yeah i think that blades fight is a tough fight for him though just because blades can take him down and keep taking him down maybe he won't submit him but you know if that's a three-round fight i could see blades winning that 30 27 to be honest but yeah looking forward to seeing what about verdum i presume he'll be back you know the, you know a long career one loss you can't really him off yet i suppose yeah he took a couple of big shots though at the end there so he's probably better off uh taking a little bit of time off but uh he hasn't got all that much time i suppose left in his career more than likely so uh i definitely see him coming back i don't think that's the end over doing i'd be i'd be very surprised if that was the end of him yeah 100 i think kane velasquez would actually be a good fight for him you know kane coming back off the injury you know as long as it's not in mexico city <laughs> i think that'd be a good fight i've always thought kane should probably fight in this card in international fight week and that's what's that four months away now so i think that'd be that'd be good enough timing for for Verdun maybe to get in there against kane and maybe the co-main of inter the, the third fight on the cards maybe actually maybe a bit further down against uh, on the uh Stipe versus um versus DC card so yeah that that looks like that going forward we're actually going to talk about we'll move into the UFC Liverpool at the end of this chat with, with the Leon Edwards Peter Sabata uh the call, call out from Leon Edwards but let's get to the comment of in here and I think a lot of people were saying and I said I think Ariel said it as well this kind of the fight that nobody wanted but now that everyone wants to see again uh coming <laughs> into it you know it was it, and this is that's kind of you know that was the, the event all over you know an event that maybe wasn't great on paper but in practice turned out to be really really good and this was an absolute banger between jimmy mano and jan blachowicz wasn't it yeah the the first two rounds especially were really good it looked like uh he uh like jan was going to take out jimmy in the first round and then the second round it looked like jimmy was going to finish jan after that head kick he took it really well though but i think the, the main difference in the in the fight it was a close they were all close or it was a close fight because the third round was a close was a close round but uh i agreed with the decision i thought the difference was uh the jab and the double mm-hmm. jab i think it just it, it just built up built up uh points basically not points you know what i mean though built up like uh uh damage maybe yeah. slowly but surely but uh, jimmy was throwing bigger shots maybe but it was just accumulative damage and i think jimmy struggled to deal with the jab and um but yeah it was a really good fight i think as you said nobody really had that high hopes for it but especially for the first 10 minutes it was it was, it was cracking anybody like you, you kind of got the feeling that anybody could go down at any moment and then the third round i think they're both pretty tired especially jimmy and um that's that's probably what was the difference in the end maybe uh, just the jab but the double jab and maybe a bit more cardio 
Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought up the jab because I, you know me now and the jab. <laughs> in MMA, I, love, I love not more than talking about it. But this fight was really simple. How Lahovich won it. Like, as you mentioned that jab there, right? What, what Jimmy Manoa loves to do, and you know, he says one shot, one kill. He likes to want, land that one shot. Like, Jimmy Manoa is not a particularly fast or athletic guy, but he's really, really powerful. Hits really hard and he's accurate as well. Good at throwing it. So what he likes to do is get in the pocket, maybe throw his jab first and land that big shot behind it. Or, you know, a little bit of a scramble on the feet, comes out from a clinch, land that big shot, uh, get it out. So he needs to get that distance where he can land that big hook, usually it is. But what Blahovic did so well was that he used the jab to get Manoa out of range. So every time he came into that range, he threw that jab or threw that double, double jab or got a combination so Manoa couldn't really hit him back, couldn't counter him. He was very safe doing it. And when Manoa realized that, he realized, maybe didn't realize, well, he was kind of forced to throw from just kind of one step outside of the range where he'd usually throw his his knockout blows. And go back and look at that fight and just look at Blahovic's head. Every time he threw that big shot, Blahovic just moving back. Every time, just move his head straight back, dodge out the way of, of Jimmy Manoa. Every time, and I think it was as simple as that why he won the he won the fight. Plus, he he took advantage of Manoa fighting a little bit further out because he I think he was better at throwing the straight shots to break down that distance. Whereas Manoa, you know, even if you look at it, you know, the difference between the length of a jab and the length of a hook, your arm your arm is going to be, you know, hooked in. As a, maybe it's, I'm an idiot for saying that, but it's not just not going to be as long. But Blahovic was thrown straight down, shots down the middle, and he hurt Manoa with him twice. You know, I mentioned on Twitter, there's nobody who falls more like a tree than Jimmy Manoa when he gets hurt. Like, and he did unbelievably well to, to come back for it. I don't mean to be disrespectful towards him or anything, but he did very well. But I, I really do think that was a fight won before the fight. That was a fight won because Blahovic had fought him before. And I think Dan Hardy actually kind of said that on, on the broadcast as well. That was one in, in the tape room. And for, for people analyzing fights, looking at that, I think that was absolute mastery by Jan Blahovic. And, uh, you know, in a fight that maybe me included, a lot of people are kind of writing off. I think that was that was absolutely brilliant. I mean, I, and I enjoyed that very much. Yeah, Blasovic, I thought he also mixed in a couple of taking attempts at, at, at smart times as well to keep Jimmy kind of worried about that as well. I think, you know, I think he did he only get one or two, but he, he got a bit of top position on that as well. And he 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 pushed Jimmy up against the cage a couple of times when Jimmy was look, looking to to off to to unload. So he, he just made smart decisions at, at good times, I thought. And and as we mentioned, the jab and the double jab. Um, and yeah, it was it was a it was a really good fight, but uh. <laughs> I wouldn't be clamoring to see it again, but like I wouldn't mind seeing it again. But if we see it again, it'd probably be put on a another European card, and I don't know if people really want to see it a third time, do they? I think they kind of do after that fight. I think it kind of makes sense now. I don't think the second fight fight made sense at all, but I think I think it would make sense to make it a third. You know, when when it is one one like that, I don't think there's any reason not to make it. Now we talked about um, Bisping and Rockhold last week, and that's a little bit different because you know Bisping has everything to lose in that fight, really, and and Rockhold kind of has well, he's just something to lose, but not as you know, not as much as Bisping. But for the Walkers here, I think for Blahovic, um, you know, he, I don't think he's getting that much of a bigger fight anyway. Like if you look at the if you look at the rankings, he he's ranked number eleven, and you've Patrick Cummins, Corey Anderson, Mika Sir, Misha Sarkanov ahead of him. Maybe if he got Shogun Hu, and I think he did call him out. That would be a little bit bigger. But I think Manoa is probably the biggest name around there that he'd be hopeful of getting. And for Manoa, I'm sure he wants to get that that fight back and and you know seal it with the with the um with the third fight by making a two one. So I, I don't 
I think it kind of does make sense. Like, there is the possibility that it's a stinker again in the third one, which would kind of ruin it. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it wouldn't be too bad. If, if they didn't, do you think that shogun Blahovich fight makes sense? Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be against it. But, like, I don't know, people like Shogun, um, my, in- my interest in seeing them fight isn't, isn't that high mm-hmm. anymore. I, I just don't like seeing these, these legends just look terrible. Me too. Not, not that Shogun actually has looked that terrible, but it's just... Mm-hmm. Mm, it's just it's it kind of it's a pity what could have been with Shogun I think even before he got to the UFC obviously he got the UFC belt and everything but I think he had like several knee surgeries before he even got to the UFC so he he was never really he never really got to his potential and I, I don't want to see him end up like BJ Penn or something like that you know yeah like Shogun has actually done done pretty well recently I'm just pulling up his record here to to have a look at it but like I mean, is Shogun still young enough? Like, well, he's he's thirty six, and I suppose in the higher divisions, that's not too too bad. But he's won three in a row. You know, Jean Valente, Corey Anderson, Antonio Rogério Nogueira, which I suppose didn't aren't the three best wins in the row. But in that division, they are pretty good. But uh, for Manua, I think there's, there's a perfectly making sense making sense fight for Manua. I, I can't make sense myself, but Luke Rockhold. I think Luke Rockhold versus Manua is the perfect fight to make. I, I, like people talking about Gustafson against Luke Rockhold. That that makes no sense at all. It's just you know they're, they're rivals or whatever. He fought DC like Gustus or, or uh, Rockhold just lost at middleweight, and he's going to come up and fight the number one contender at light heavyweight, who's who's won his last couple of fights. Yeah, that makes that makes no sense to me at all. I think Manuel versus uh, Rockhold, <clears throat> someone's getting knocked out in that fight. I think, and I think that's a, an absolutely brilliant fight. I'd love to see that. So I don't know. Um, do you agree with that? Would you like to see that? Yeah, yeah, well, I wouldn't mind. Um, I wouldn't be too excited about either match, but matchup. But like, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't not make sense. Yeah, fair enough. Your your boy is is he Team Sheehan? The next who's that fire kid? Yeah, he is Team Sheehan. Yeah, and he remains Team Sheehan. Uh, what do you think of the decision for before we talk about the actual fight? Yeah, I thought I thought he won the first two, and then he basically ran out of gas and just kind of coasted through the last round. Um, it wasn't ultra impressive or anything, but he got the job done. I think in the first two rounds. I think I think the second round was pretty close, though. Uh, I wouldn't have been too surprised if it had ended up going the other way, but I think he he done he did enough. Just yeah, I, I was talking to someone about this. Fight, I won't say who it is because it was a private conversation, but uh, they were kind of shocked with the the outcry after this. A lot of people were saying, "Oh, these judges should be ashamed of themselves and all." And, Okay, people are saying I was biased towards Tom, Tom Dukumar, which I definitely 100% am, so I'm not even going to deny that. But watching back <laughs> the fight, I, like, even guys, you know, like Wonderboy and stuff, and, and whoever, like, guys that I, I games I appreciate, I don't really think, uh, you know, if, if I think they're going to lose a fight, I'll pick them to lose a fight. And if I think they lost by decision, you know, I'll, I'll say that. And I, I go back and look at my picks and go back and look at my tweets or go back and listen to this podcast, and I guarantee you <laughs> there's going to be almost more than, than I had corrected. I, I disagree with myself, you know, before the fact and after the fact. So, but with Dukanwa, I don't think so. I, I thought he did win it, not to say he was that impressive or anything. The first round, a lot of people were saying he lost 30 27. He won that first round. <laughs> Clearly, I, I like you don't know what you're talking about if you think he lost that first round. He destroyed him with leg kicks. Um, Where was doing a good job coming forward, all right, but. Dukumwa was landing lovely hooks as well. Looked really big leg kicks as well. Huge. Yeah, those leg kicks were huge. And people saying, you know, they don't they don't count them whatever. I don't. That's just totally wrong. You know what? What are you supposed to do? Like not count them when he's hitting him all the time. Hitting inside leg kicks as well were absolutely lovely. Cutting off, cutting off. Like Dukumwa, this looked like the Dukumwa of old in the first round because 
when, when you fight kind of in the pocket like him and you know you, you see him landing those razor blades of elbows through the middle and all um and when he's you know when he's such good movement and when a guy is kind of coming forward to him you're worried uh, is he going to be a little bit like Anthony Pettis and get pushed around uh, and can't circle away? But he does a good job of not having to circle away by landing those leg kicks and by landing those shots around the corner. And it's a very, like, Dukuma is a very different fighter than a lot of people. But maybe he's different than a lot of people because that's not really sustainable. And we've seen it in his last few fights that he just gets so tired seven or eight minutes into the into the fights and he can't keep going. And that's grand if you get finishes early, but if you don't, and in the bantamweight division, it's tougher because lighter weights doesn't hit as hard. And, it, you know, I think Jordan Breen mentioned it on Twitter that he's still fighting like he's fighting in Bama on, on the local scene. And I think he is going to have to to change his, his game around a little bit. But yeah, the second round I thought was very close. Dukumar was still winning and I thought he won the first two and a half minutes or so of it then it got a little bit even and then where got the takedown for the last 40 seconds landed a bit of ground upon but i really don't think it was enough it was close it wasn't like, even that long was it it was probably about 50 20 seconds. seconds or something no it? it was it was 40 yeah exactly 40 seconds oh, yeah, was it? back and looked at it yeah but it, that was like yeah I, 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 I can see it for where like 29 28 where definitely won the third i think but it was, by no means a robbery no i don't definitely don't think it was a robbery anyway but i think um yeah, I think, what do you think about Duke and Was takedown defense? He got taken down at the very end of the first round trying to do, like, a roll out of... Uh, well, he didn't get taken down, really. He got taken down in the second round, but... In, well, he, he kind of grabbed his leg and he kind of rolled forward at the end of the first round and ended up on the ground for only about 15, 20 seconds, I thought it was, but maybe it was longer. Um, yeah, back, yeah. yeah, and then this, at the, I think it was the third round as well, he, he, he got taken down a little easy. He, I think he popped straight back up, but against a better guy who, who can get it when he gets on top is going to hold you down and wear you out and as you're saying maybe the gas tank isn't there to to work his his the output he'd like to work for for 15 minutes straight so that's going to be a problem if he doesn't fix that yeah i i i actually think his takedown events has improved and it was good in this fight but saying that while he got taken down three three times maybe one of them was kind of him going going for something wild and he got his back taken so maybe twice we'll say rightly but there was a few other times that i thought he was going to get taken down and he didn't but i i i agree with you there what you said i think it's tiredness more than anything at the end of the fight and that's going to have to improve the, the gas tank doesn't look like it's there and i think he needs to he needs to change up his game a little bit or maybe he doesn't what, what do i know maybe he, he just needs to find ways of finishing the fight earlier maybe that's how he does like i don't think there's anything wrong with that you know guys do that all the time like verdun does it we talked we talk about him you know you're going to get losses out of that you know mcgregor does it as well and he, he you know he's lost an eighty is probably because of it as well uh but uh, well there was other factors in that obviously but lots of guys like look at vitor Belfort, he's like that as well that can be a sustainable career now at the lighter weights i don't think it's as sustainable and i do think dukenwa will will improve an awful lot as well he has all the talent in the world he's a great fighter still only 24 uh and you know i think he'd improve an awful lot but yeah, there's no huge, time to improve you know, there's huge improvements that have to be made as well you know and you know I, i've waxed lyrical about him and uh you know that makes me kind of look at him a little bit closer and do 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 so those improvements that need to be done as well but he's still team sheen doing his proud got the win much deserved so team sheen is back on a roll absolutely brilliant stuff here uh we yeah. have Leon edwards as i said in a minute rough night for spg ireland as well that wasn't it john phillips lost via uh rear naked choke in the first round and uh, as did hakeem uh Daw- i can never say his name Dawudu. Uh, who lost via guillotine joke, brilliant guillotine joke to Daniel Henry. Tough night for SVG. Yeah, uh, definitely wasn't the results they were looking for. Uh, but yeah, it was it was Danny Henry. Like he's he's looking like he looked he looked good. That was like obviously it was uh, the first round, so it's hard to tell. But 
he, he looks like he's improving as well. And then the John Phillips fight, I was really, I really was expecting John Phillips to win this. He looked in really good shape as, as has been documented. He's been living right outside the gym and he seems to be as, as training as much as he ever has. Uh, like we've seen him in some fights over the years, even again, even, even when he fought Charlie Ward and Charlie Ward's pro debut, like he, he wasn't in good shape at all in that fight, John Phillips. And he's missed weight a couple of times over, over weight, weight issues. So, I really thought he 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 was going to go come in here and look good and maybe get a TKO early early enough, but it, it just it just didn't go that way. Charles Bird, in fairness to him, he 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 slapped on the the rear naked choke and um, it was just it's just a disappointing result for John Phillips. And I suppose though um, the UFC debut and all that, like maybe there was a bit of there was a bit of nerves or a bit of a bigger occasion than usual, or maybe he'll look more comfortable the next time. But uh, yeah, no, I definitely was expect. I was expecting more from Phillips. Yeah, um, John Phillips is one of those guys. For one reason or another, I actually haven't gone back and watched that many of his fights over the last few weeks. With, with, you know, this one kind of stuck stuck up in me a little bit for some reason. But yeah, it certainly wasn't a good good performance here. And what you know, when I say I wasn't a good performance, you know, he got taken down within five seconds and choked out. So what can you do? Like I wasn't expecting more of him. But I, I need to go back and watch a little bit more of him to see what he's he's like more. But I've seen his fights before, but I just can't even remember. But I think Bird did very good. He was he was good on top. I got the. Uh, it wasn't really a neck crank or a rear naked choke. He was kind of over the over the chin, but it was he obviously has a really really tight uh, tight grasp on, on that choke and, and choked him out. So there really isn't much analysis to there. Just kind of a domination from Borden, and obviously Phillips will have to to recount. And you know, uh, the white Mike Tyson is his nickname. So you know, his ground game is probably something he has to he has to work on more on, on the feet. Uh, you know, he's he, seen his his big knockouts and stuff. But for Hakeem, then I thought I just thought this was. Brilliant by Danny Henry. Not only lasted 39 seconds, but you could see Hakeem was looking for the left hook early. And he threw it maybe two or three times. And Henry, I think it was probably the third time he went to throw it or went to kind of fake it even. Henry just attacked it. And he he was Hakeem was throwing it from kind of lower down, throwing it from the hip more than, you know, you'd see boxers. And you see it in a lot in MMA where they throw it from lower down. And Henry just came over top and landed a huge right hand over top, square in the face. And Hakeem actually did it did very well to survive that because a lot of guys wouldn't survive how hard he hit him. And then um, Henry was... Henry was just devastating with that with that submission. You know, went for the guillotine twice, I think, and then kind of got the front choke. You know, maybe, maybe not McKinsey team, but you know, kind of front choke guillotine guillotine style, and and uh, choked Hakim to sleep. And I think the referee actually did a good job here as well of stopping it. You know, we criticised him enough. He did a great job of stopping it just as Hakim kind of went to sleep. He wasn't uh, he wasn't choking or, or he wasn't um, tapping or anything. So so respect him for that as well for for toughening it up. But Danny Henry. Did really well. Big night for for Scottish MMA as well, isn't it? Danny Henry, good, good, very good fighter. Yeah, and Paul, another Scott, Scott, uh, Scottish man, uh, Paul Craig, with that massive come from behind last second triangle. Mm-hmm. The bear um, it looked like he was gonna, he was on the way to losing a comprehensive decision, and the ten second clapper went. He threw up that triangle last last desperation move, and um, he got the tap with one second to go. Uh, I don't know, Magomed must have. I don't know. He must have forgotten, or maybe he was a bit disorientated from the choke. He must like you think you think that he just hang on for one more second and risk going out, but he he mustn't have known what the time was, and or he must have just been disorientated from the choke. So fair play to Paul Craig. Like it's 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 very rare you see you see, you see that like such a late like one second to go in the fight. Like we saw with, we saw with Demetrius Johnson and Haraguchi. Um, 
but that's an arm bar where you can get your arm broken. It's kind of it's kind of different. Um, you'd expect some. You'd usually think that the, the fighter would hold on for that extra second and just risk going out, but he he must have been disorientated. Yeah, the the record for the latest finish in a three round fight was broken by Paul Craig in this fight, and then it was again broken or equaled later on in the card by Leon Edwards. So it never happened before. And well, yeah, that was taking out of yeah, 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 yeah. But a finish, I said, yeah. So I'm sorry. Yeah. It was a bit. I 100 give full credit to Paul Craig. I mean, you know, we've seen him doing it to Carl Moore as well. You know, he he uh, he finished him with a submission as well after losing the fight for for long periods of it. I I, I you know I hate saying this about uh, uh, <laughs> Did he give up a little bit? Should like you had one second to go, and you'd only been in that triangle for like six seconds, and he tapped straight like. Mm, I'd have to think that he that he 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 didn't know that it was only one second to go. That he, he mustn't have yeah. like he, he or, might have been he was her, yeah. God, yeah. I, like I find it hard to talk about these things. I don't want to criticize the man, like, but you know, it looked it looked bad, and we got a few questions about that as well. I believe, and I, you you know, you have to talk about it as well. Like, I'd rather not talk about it. Like, maybe I could get someone on the podcast to to talk about that. Maybe someone uh, you know, jujitsu artist, anyone out there who wants to come on, let us know. And we, we we'll talk. We'll get you on to talk about it. But yeah, it was. But I'd like to, first of all, say about Paul Craig, very, very good, and coming back like that, you know, Anderson Silva style to, to come back and and did very, uh, did very well there. What about Danny Roberts as well? Hot chocolate got yeah. a brilliant KO, the, the front kick twice from Oliver Inkamp, and the second one he's like, nah, bitch, <laughs> just threw that big left hand and up, creamed him. Cajun Johnson, Stevie Ray, Dmitry Sosnovsky, and Mark Godbear, not not classics either of them. Um, I, I thought Stevie Ray had actually won that fight against Cajun Johnson, but it, it was close. And I see most, I think most people probably said it was Cajun Johnson, but for me, I thought Stevie Ray won it, but close. Um, we, we've got a couple of questions, I think, about Johnson later on, so we'll get to them uh, in the questions uh, later on. But well, Leon Edwards, Peter Sabata, I suppose, moving on to, to UFC Liverpool here. Leon Edwards got a, as I mentioned earlier, got that TKO win in the last second of the last round and called out Darren Till afterwards, good performance from Leon Edwards. But do you think he has a chance of getting that Darren Till fight? Um, I think he has a chance, but I wouldn't say he's any, he's, he's he's the front runner. Um, I'd say Till would probably like some like he's on a he's on it. What is he on a six, seven, eight fight win streak now? Leon Edwards, he's let me check that. He's uh he's definitely been he's, he's been making improvements fight to fight and he, he's all he, like you know most guys maybe it was it wasn't the, the the clearest decision but i was pretty sure leon ever was going to get the decision but he he wanted to make sure of it he wasn't taking any chances and he was he was going hard like since he lost to camera usman he's he's won one two three four five five in a row against uh, uh waters tumanov luke barbarina and peter sobata and like they're, they're good guys like maybe <laughs> If like you know, he had one, two, three decisions, so it would have been four of decisions out of five. But now it's two finishes and three decisions, so it looks better on the on the record. And people remember finishes, fights with finishes more, I think, than they remember decision fights. So he's definitely putting his name out there. But I think Till is just there's a different level of excitement around him. I think he's slightly higher in the in, in the fans' minds, and I, I don't think the UFC would be in a rush to put two two Brits against each other in, in Liverpool. I think I think. Uh, <laughs> I think maybe Leon Edwards. Just looking at the division, it's there's not really any obvious, any obvious uh, matchup there. But Masvidal, Gunnar Nelson, I think Gunnar Nelson. Yeah, that'd be a good one. 
Yeah. I, like, I was surprised actually to see Edwards ranked number 15. And I know that's no disrespect. I think he's well able to be ranked there. And I think he he's going to rise through the ranks. I think he's a very good fighter. But, you know, you named out those guys there. They're all good guys. And especially Barbarina, he, he, you know, his last one who's been beaten, you know, he's been beaten other good lads. I think he will get up there, but I just don't think he's there yet. You know, we've seen Till beat, you know, Donald Cerrone in his last fight, and he's obviously going to rise because of that. But I don't think Edwards has that name win yet. Maybe if he gets Gunnar Nelson and beats him, that would be the name win to, to, to get up there or to rise up a little bit. And obviously, he's not the, the same name as Cowboy Cerrone or anything like that, but people know Gunnar Nelson and everything. And I just, if you're putting on a main event, is Edwards versus Till the main event? for that i just don't does think it create so. excitement i don't i don't think so i don't, I don't really think so I, I, I think till can fill that place himself and just the three letters you know as i wrote my uh, column last week whatever they put on there you know if they put me fighting you in there they, they probably sell out but <laughs> uh, yeah I, I don't think so i i i mentioned rda and, and wonder by and i think it was damon martin kind of shot me down and said that's not probably happening but the likes of usman um, is one of the guys they're they're mentioning uh, and Colby and I think Masvidal as well. I, I think Masvidal would be a fun fight, although I don't know how he's ranked number six still. And we've talked about that before. I think that'd actually be a fun fight, and I think people would like that. I think Colby would be an unbelievable build up. Uh, it remains to be seen what the fight would be like. And I think Usman versus Till is just alpha versus alpha kind of fight. I that I'd love to see that fight. Really, uh, really would. I think Usman would be Till, but. So I hope they. I hope they don't do it. But would you be that surprised if they put Condit in there with Hill? Hmm. When was the last time Condit fought? I can't remember. Did he, did he fought. He fought Robbie Lawler or someone. Did he? No, he yeah. fought. Um, he fought Neil Magny and lost. Oh, but, he did. Yeah. God. But he's a big yeah, name. He's he knocked out Dan Hardy before in England. He's 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 known from the Diaz fights. He's known from from. The, the the Robbie Lawler like people even outside of the hardcores would would have heard of his name and know know him maybe they don't know that much about him but he has a bit of name value more than Leon Edwards does and he'd be he'd be pretty high percentage that that Till would beat him I'd say so I don't know I think that's actually not a, I think Till probably beat him too but I don't think that's a bad fight for Carlos Condit like Carlos Condit mm, he's actually someone standing up I think is good I I don't think Carlos Condit wants wrestlers at all this stage of his career. I'd like to. See, I'd actually wouldn't mind seeing that fight. You know, I, I think he'd be alright. I just, I just checked Carla, Carlos Condit's page there, and it's uh, he's got Matt Brown lined up for oh, April fourteenth. He does too. That's that's true. What so about uh, what about Robbie Lawler? Is he fighting anyone? Oof, that'd be some fight. Robbie Lawler, darn till there we go. We're after falling on it there, or is Robbie injured or something? I don't know. I think he might. But like by the sounds of it, like Masvidal said, he's not going to be back till June. But you know to pause a little bit there and maybe he would come back but by the sounds of it i think it's probably going to be usman um and that's an interesting fight because you know till could definitely beat him but usman could definitely beat him too and do you want to go back to liverpool you know and come out of it with till getting wrestled for five rounds and beaten yeah you know, that, and that is a danger like and i know this is this is mma this is dfc and you people don't really think about that but like maybe i think you kind of have to think about that you know if he fought carlos condit and carlos condit knocked him out or something fair enough you know uh people would be disappointed but they could understand it but i think do you want that event to end in horrendous booze and you know liverpool crowd as well how much they get behind their their guys you know it could be could turn into a nightmare at the end of that so maybe that's something to think of but yeah, yeah. Maybe, no, maybe we should mention actually while we're talking about Liverpool that about the, the Dublin date that was planned. Mm -hmm. 
for we we did a we did a did a little thing on the premium service because um was it Andy Stevenson one of yeah, our Andy Stevenson yeah. yeah one of our uh, platinum contributors uh, asked us to do a section on it so we did a section on that but uh yeah it looks like uh, well that's a date that you see Liverpool date that got announced by the UFC is the date that they were planning for Dublin. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd heard a couple of fighters that even got contracts that had said Dublin and had the date on it, but it looks like that's not going ahead, or that's definitely not going to go ahead on the same day. Now they haven't mentioned rescheduling rescheduling it because they haven't they haven't actually they never officially announced it, so they probably won't even we probably won't find out until we probably won't if, if there's no if, if they're not going to reschedule it, we'll probably never find out if they are going to reschedule it. We could be waiting a while. I don't think they'll be coming back too soon after after the Liverpool card to to UK and Ireland or EMEA EMEA. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and it's it's tough, obviously, and we'll discuss it here a little bit again. But it's tough uh, for the Irish guys coming in. It's going to be good. It's going to be good for the Liverpool guys coming in. But the likes of uh, Paul Redmond, maybe Carl Moore, who we'll talk about a little bit later when we get to the cage wire stuff. Uh, we'll throw in a couple of more guys who maybe he would have been hoping more than the other guys might be expecting a little bit. So those guys, kind of their chance now might be gone a little bit for a while, and they might have to you know go and look for for big fights elsewhere. But what about for the, the Liverpool guys uh, coming in? And I know, before, you know, d- d- hopefully there'll be another event later in the year, although, you know, I'd be a bit sceptical about it. Maybe next year at this stage, maybe at the, the same time, maybe in the summer again, you could be expecting Ireland to get a car. But what about the Liverpool guys coming in? You know, I know we talked about in the, the Patreon, but what, Paddy Pimblett, I think he has been a little bit quiet about it, not talking too much about it, which makes me kind of think that he will be on the card. Yeah, well, I think I think I think it makes sense to put him on the card. I think the UFC be looking at those those big shows that uh, Cage Warriors have been putting on in the Liverpool Echo Arena and selling them out. Like the UFC want a piece of that, I, I think. And Paddy Pimblett brings a lot of buzz. He, like him or hate him, most people are know who he is and are interested in him and want to see him win or lose. So that's half the battle. And I think the UFC uh, maybe people. People ideally, maybe Paddy would have an an extra fight or two in in Cage Warriors and claim that lightweight belt that he he seems to think and people seem to think that uh Fish Chris Fishgold his teammate is going to give up and move on to like bigger things is what Paddy Pimblett said in his post fight interview after the last one. So, but the, <clears throat> I don't I doubt he's going to turn down the UFC and come into his home his hometown. So uh, I could see why it makes sense for both, especially the UFC because because Paddy just he just is he he attracts interest and people like you, you put up a video of, of into a party people maybe half the comments might be more are calling him jay from in betweeners or mm-hmm. slagging him off or why has he got a mop on his head or whatever or can't understand a word or stuff like that but people are clicking on the videos you know they're in order to get into the comment section they have to click on the video so people are interested even if they don't like him and the UFC needs people like that, you know. The, if Paddy Pimblett was on that UFC London card, there would have been a bit more buzz around it. I, I think so. It definitely makes sense to to put him on the card. I think uh, his team or his teammate uh, Molly McCann as well is a good show for getting on the card as well. Yeah, hundred percent. Like you mentioned there about Paddy, I was looking actually at like the Severe May top videos, and I think of the like the top ten. I think eight of them are Conor McGregor. One of them is Joe Rogan, and. The other one is Paddy Pimblett. So, like, you know, that I know that's only a, a small sample size there and stuff, but, you know, we've had, uh, you know, Chael I think Salmon there's a Chael one in there, isn't there? There's I a Chael one talking about Connor, I think, though. In... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. There was, the, yeah, the Chael one and the Joe Rogue one, the, the, where they were both cage side as well, wasn't it? Yeah. That, that, that wasn't in there, too. But Paddy, Paddy's up there with those, like, you know, he is one of those guys that can go a little bit viral. And Darren Till is kind of talking himself up as that. 
And that's fair enough, but I actually think if Paddy was in there now and they were both going head-to-head, I actually think Paddy would be the bigger star than Darren Till, although maybe Darren Till is a little bit further ahead in his... Uh, his fighting uh, ability did say although it's very good to see Paddy Pimble over in, uh, Paddy Pimble over in New York at the moment sharing with with um uh, the, I think it's what's his name one of the Gracies the oh, the mad fucker what's his name come on Graham Hinzo Hinzo yeah he's over at Hinzo's at the moment so yeah it's it's, it's good to see him over there the uh, mad fucker, the, the <laughs> mad fucker. I, you know it was I've been doing this since you on your daddy's nutsack <laughs> remember he like live tweeted who Guys trying to mug him walking down the street. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine mugging someone and it's fucking Hinzo Gracie. You're like, oh shit. The only man in the world worse to mug would be fucking John Jones or someone. You're absolutely killed. But yeah. And as well, before we move on, Nadnar Amani was pulled from the card last week. I'm not actually sure. His opponent was pulled, wasn't it? He's pulled, but his fight was pulled. Yeah, because his opponent pulled. Um, he had nine infection. I think he got pink eye or someone. Someone was saying. Naramani versus Pimblet, Liverpool. Rematch. What do you think? Um, I, I don't know. I, I think the UFC will will try and give Paddy uh, a nice, easy win in front of the Liverpool crowd if they bring him in. Not not nothing too easy, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I I just don't see them putting that together. And maybe in the future, a few fights down the line, if if both of them can get into the UFC and stay there, I, I I'd say that Nadar Manny will get another fight now. It wasn't his fault that the fight fell apart, but you never know. But I'd say he'll be in the UFC, and and as I said. A, I'd be, I'd be guessing that Paddy Pimble will get in. So, I don't think there's any rush to do that. I think, I think maybe a bit down the line you can do that, but I don't think there's any rush. Yeah, and I agree as well on, on Molly McCann. You know that 125 pound division that needs new people, and you know I, I, I don't think she's there as well yet on her development, but I think she, she could get there. Um, she's obviously the champion now in cage whereas after winning that belt, the inaugural uh, title there in her last fight, and she's, she's a good fighter as well, really good talker, someone that can bring a crowd with her. So I think, yeah. uh. And somebody who already has fans behind her. Liverpool fans obviously are very loyal, as we, as we mentioned. And, the and she's supports Everton as well, which is also a plus point. That's, that's yeah, everybody has their faults, you know. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> and what about Fishy? Uh, you know, the talk already was about Fishgold getting in there. Maybe Fishgold against Naramani would be a fight. Well, don't, is, Naram, is Naramani fighting? He's still fighting a featherweight, isn't he? Yeah, so maybe not, but... I think Fishgold is is definitely worth a shot of, of getting on that as well. So yeah, I think Fishgold at one stage was talking about going down to Featherweight a while ago, but I don't know if he if he if he went through with that or not. Yeah, and Paddy as well, you would know. Maybe they'll get him to go down to Featherweight as well. You know, you saw that with McGregor when he went up and fought at Lightweight uh in Cage Wars, but he went back down to Featherweight for the UFC. So maybe Paddy could do something similar. So it's and I think Paddy has said it as well that he's Maybe he hasn't, but I, I thought he, he said that he still has unfinished business at Federweight, so maybe. But I think I definitely do think Lightweight is the big, better division for Paddy because he's still young and grown into it as well. So, so there's that. Right, let's yeah. move on. Fly, fly Mayweather this week. Uh, well, well, what exactly was it he said again? He said he's 7 re- out of 10 wrestling. wrestling. Wrestling 7 out of 10, kicking 4 out of 10. Just explain to us there, Graham, uh, how true that is. Well, I've never seen Floyd uh, kick or wrestle, but I'd be shocked if he if that was an accurate representation of of how good he is uh, at those aspects of of actual fighting. Listen, he beat the big shot at WrestleMania. Like he, that man can wrestle. Let's be honest here. That that man can wrestle. Sure, he's American, I suppose. Every American can wrestle. No? <laughs> yeah, I kind of half stole your joke there. By my apologies. Yeah, over in uh, over in Twitter. But yeah, it's it's absolute bullshit. Um, I'm not. Sh- I'm not actually sure. For a while there, I thought, okay, this is going to happen. But 
no after this I'm like you know Fly's just talking choice um Tyron Woodley's not about coming into training he said he can be ready in three or four months but Fly didn't say he can be ready in six to eight months which is okay it's not realistic but it's a little more realistic <laughs> than you might, you might think uh and it's a bit weird and you had you had Javante Davis coming out saying that he'd like to fight in the UFC as well but well, just a little point we, we'll move on from this quickly because it's bullshit but uh, these boxers remind me a little bit and I, I kind of tweeted out as well that they remind me of like wrestlers in the in the 80s or 90s who act like they're real fighters you know they're, they're keeping this kayfabe up now when i say real fighters i mean like in a real you know a full-on fight you're obviously really good at boxing and i know graham will call it about but you know a, a boxing fight whatever they're really good but in true like full-on fighting arm to arm combat these you know the, the mma has shown that these guys are not the premier fighters in the world they're just not like and i i think I, I think that's hard for them to grasp a little bit and they need to talk that up when, and when they're asked as well. And it's not just them coming out saying it. It's always on interviews and TMZ and shit like, oh, would you fight an MMA? And what are they going to say? No, no, I get destroyed. Like they want to keep up that kayfabe a little bit that they're the baddest man on the planet. You know, they call Anthony Joshua the baddest man on the planet. You're like, do you know how badly, you know, uh, and uh, Alexander Volkov would absolutely destroy Anthony Joshua in an MMA fight. Like it's it's just the real realism of it. And I don't really like talking about this because I respect boxers for what they are. I respect kickboxers as well. And they're I love I don't love kickboxing, but I love boxing. I love watching it, and and I think it's really good. But when they come out and say outlandish stuff like this, I think it, it's worth actually explaining and saying why it's bullshit and why they're actually saying it. Yeah, I like uh, it's kind of different to the pro wrestling thing where they know that they're they're not and they're playing a character. But I think these these boxers, a lot of them anyway, they they do think, oh, I could just pick this up in in a short amount of time. You know, I, I think they actually you you have to believe in yourself like stupidly, uh, like to a stupid level, <laughs> like where you think you can, you think you can do things that that you can't in order to to go in there and and obviously. Uh, boxing is just a completely different sport and i think a, a few of them do i think a few of them do know and like that's why none that's why nobody or well if, unless you count james tony coming over to try and pay a tax bill um then nobody's made the, the jump over like david hay talked about it he, he said he needed three years training he, he set a date i think it was like november 2012 or something like that never happened he probably went i don't know this is a speculation but he probably went into the gym and realized you know this isn't going to work Mm-hmm. And I think if these guys actually like uh, these heavyweight guys, or even you know Floyd, he probably never like you know if you've got even a college wrestler in there and just got squished, like or he just needs. To, I think he needs to be shown just just how how dominated he can get before he'll before you realize. I think you always kind of back yourself if you're if you're a tough guy like most of these boxers are, and you're you, you've been you've been you've been boxing your whole life. You, you've got this mindset that that is different than a normal person but i think you'd be they'd be humbled if they if they did get in there with a, with a top level wrestler or even not a top level wrestler and just got just got shown how how uh how dominant how how dominant and how helpless they would be in that situation yeah speaking of top level wrestlers cm punk this week as well there was a little bit, <laughs> little bit of talk about him <laughs> and duke rufus said he has improved 200 percent uh from his last fight against mickey gall and there's talk of mike jackson so we're obviously going to we'll discuss this a little bit more when it's official or anything but 200 percent. do you think a 200 percent improvement would be enough for cm punk to beat mike jackson uh, mike jackson um ooh. i actually don't even know that much about mike jackson bar the the mickey gall fight and obviously mickey gall was just on a different level to him and i think 
Mickey Gall was better than the, the UC matchmakers thought at the time. Um, it's really hard to know. I, I, I just don't... I, even if you get some Mike Jackson fighters, team Mike Jackson winning, even though I don't know much about him, I think... I think CM Punk just looked so terrible um, in his training video. What was it? The evolution of Punk? There was some kind of yeah. something like that. Anyway, it was it was like a series, and they had like a couple of gym fights, and he just looked awful. Um, okay, he's saying he's approved two hundred percent, but two hundred percent on top of like what though? You know, like if he's a one out of a hundred, and then he he doubles that, it's still only two. You know, it's it's not a very high bar to to double. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him back, though. It looks like he's going to be on this or Chicago travel. card coming up. It's looking like he's going to be on the Chicago card coming up, um, which is uh, obviously his hometown. Any pro wrestling friends know he always gets a huge pop in Chicago. So I, I've always, like, I think that Mickey Goldfight was absolutely stupid matchmaking. They put him in there with a, a guy, what is he, a brown belt in jiu-jitsu and stuff. That was just idiotic. Like, you know, the, CM Punk is an attraction. You have to talk about him as an attraction and, and matchmake him that way. And I suppose moving on here, Aaron Chalmers is a good uh, representation of how you actually do that, you know, and, and matchmake him like that. But he's getting moved up a, a little bit now as well. He's he's fighting Ash Griffiths on, on the Bellator 200 card on May 25th. And, you know, I, I know Ash Griffiths is no, you know, maybe not a great shake either, but he's fought, fought a couple of good guys. Um, and they... they but uh, I suppose he, along the similar lines, uh, a little bit better than the other guys he's fought, but still may possibly a winnable fight for him. But what about what do you think well, about? I actually, I actually don't think he has beaten any good guys. Um, well, he's he, fought good guys, isn't he, I suppose. Has he? Yeah, he fought. Um, let me look here. He fought Kieran Malone, who's a good fighter. He, he's definitely way better than than the opponents Aaron Chalmers has been fighting, and he ha he does have ten fights, ten professional fights. So he, he he's much more experienced than Chalmers, and Chalmers is. Uh, previous opponents, but it definitely makes sense. Like you know, you, 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 Bellator are, are good at doing this. Like, okay, it didn't work out with Pico the first time, but that was kind of a, a freak thing, and Pico kind of proved that that it was kind of a freak thing in in my mind uh, after that. But and, uh, maybe okay, this one fair enough. But I, I really want to see Chalmers against somebody, somebody who's won a fight, you know, in the last few years, or somebody who has a, a winning record, but. I understand why they do it, and it, there's going to be big attention around it, like there always is in Aaron Chalmers fights. And fair play to him; like a lot of people hate on him, but he, like you know, it's not as if he just like he he did Muay Thai for years before he was ever like you know a, whatever mini celebrity or celebrity or whatever you want to call him on the the Georgie the Geordie Shore thing. So he's not just a guy who just decided I'm going to do the MMA thing. He has experience in kickboxing. He, his hands, like he looks like he has power in his hands. Okay, these guys he's beaten aren't great, but he's taken them out pretty quickly, and he showed a bit of toughness in his last one, where he got, he got hit himself, and he, he managed to, to 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 still come out on top, so uh, if, they, if they keep putting them against guys like this for too much longer, I think people are going to lose interest, but I think I think the, the fact that this guy actually has 10 fights, and maybe nobody's heard of him, but it, it's definitely the toughest test. Nobody outside of the, the, the UK and Irish scene has heard of him, but he's definitely a bigger test, so Fair play to Aaron Chalmers, but uh, I don't want this to turn into Michael Venom Page thing where this goes on forever and he just never fights anybody. Well, I think it's a total different situation. Like I, I think Michael Venom Page went beyond the joke with the way they were matchmaking him, but I think Aaron Chalmers, <clears throat> like if they keep matching him, matchmaking him for another ten fights like this, I, I wouldn't like. I don't think I'd ever care about that to be honest. He, he's an attraction. Like, he's not. 
he's not going to be fighting. What, what way is he fighting? I don't know. He's not going to be fighting Rory McDonald anytime soon. Like, let's let's be honest here. <laughs> like, he, this is not James Gallagher who's going coming up and you know trying to get to the title shot or trying to get up there or you know Dylan Dennis coming in who's like when we talk about him in a second who's like a, a really high level jiu jitsu guy and he you know you want to put him in there against someone good so you can see if he's going to be a high level MMA guy. That's not Aaron Sharma's like and. Maybe you're not okay with that. Now, if you're not, I understand 100. percent You, if you want to say this, this, I wouldn't call it a freak show, but this event fight is not for you. Fair enough. I 100 agree. I don't really mind it that much, to be honest. Especially not in Bama, and, and you know, it's not just Bama. Cage Warriors did it. You know, you see KSW doing it all the time with kind of polar celebrities and stuff, and I've I've no problem with that. Um, and if you don't, that's your fair enough. I I I've no problem with that. But I think Bellator do it again as well. Like Bellator, not you know, and I I don't think they do it with Charmer's first fight, but the fact that he's won three fights and is an attraction and has shown that he can knock guys out. That he's you know he's no mug. You know, okay, if you put him in there against I don't know. You know, Joe McCulgan or, or some, you know, good guy from the UK or whatever, they'd absolutely destroy him more than likely. But he's shown that he, he can, he's not a, a complete mug and he, he's okay. So, you know, Bellator coming to England, they want to, to bring a big draw on, on the cards. I'm okay with it. You know, a lot of people yeah. will disagree with me, but I, I Yeah, I'm okay with it but, but for the moment. But if it keeps going for too much longer, I think most people are just going to start to lose interest. Shame. Shame. Sure. I actually, I actually not like. I I don't see all the all the hate for him. Like I understand, but I I think people, yeah, I think he's generating inter- generating interest and bringing eyes to people like Fabian Edwards and the open comers in in Bama. Obviously, he's gone to Bellator now, but you have to get uh, Fabian Edwards in there, don't you? You always do it. <laughs> he's uh he's a team team Graham got announced on the the premium service. Yeah, yeah, team Graham. Have a look at it. Hold on, I've written down here. Will I call it out for the people here who might not have heard it? Where's it gone? Oh, yeah, Team Graham is Fabian Edwards, Dominic Cruz, Justin Gaethje, Big Francie Ngano, uh, Tika Z, the Korean Zombie, Robert Whitaker, Lando Venada, Habib Nurmagomedov, Conor McGregor, Nick Diaz, and Demetrius Johnson. So there you go. Um, right, let's let's move on here. Dylan Dennis as well announced this week that he's going to be fighting Kyle, Kyle Walker. No, not the Manchester the City right back or not the new Tottenham young fella right back. Some fella called <laughs> Kyle Walker who is American, I believe, isn't he? And he's going to be making his debut fighting out of uh, SPG Ireland. You, I think you'd know a lot more about Dennis than me, obviously, when he's training with McGregor and stuff. I I don't know much about Jiu-Jitsu. Maybe I'll get McGahan on the, the podcast to talk about Dylan Dennis and, and, and what he's like over on Patreon um, and talk about him more. But what do you think of Dennis coming in here? Is it, is it another case of let's wait and see and see what, what his stand-up and his takedowns are like before you know, we, we talk about him as a big prospect? Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to know. Um, I haven't seen him like spar any rounds or anything like that in MMA. I've, I've seen him on the ground. He's very, very good on the ground. Everybody knows that. He's he's a decorated jiu-jitsu go- or um, black belt. He, he's... <laughs> it's basically just wait and see. Like, can he take a punch? Can can he can he take a couple of shots and still still be able to have a clear enough head to do his jiu-jitsu uh, the way he does it? Can he can he take leg kicks? Can he can he translate his jiu-jitsu, his obviously really really top level jiu-jitsu from straight jiu-jitsu into or no gi jiu-jitsu into into MMA? There's a lot a lot of questions and like. Then, like it'll be his first, it'll be his first fight. It'll probably be nerves. He's put a lot of pressure on himself with some of the things he said over the over the last couple of years on on social media and in interviews and stuff. So, I think, um, I think, yeah, I think it really is just a wait and see. Um, I think if he gets it to the ground, he's probably going to submit him if he gets him down early without taking any punishment. But we'll see what he's like when he gets hit a few times. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. So I'll, I'll wait and see, I suppose. And, and last thing before we get to the questions, uh, Derek Lewis uh, has called out Francis Singano for a while uh, over the last few months, and, and Francis kind of seemed to accept his call out. Um, that's the fight they make, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think so. Yeah, um, I, I hope Ngannou takes a little bit, of t- a little bit more time. Like I wouldn't want it to be, be booked for like a month's time or two months' time, but maybe a little bit longer. There's no rush, I don't think, to get back in there for Ngannou. Um, yeah, I, I, like, I don't know how Derek Lewis is going to manage to win that one, but it should be interesting to see him do it. <laughs> that is, uh, God Almighty, that's that's unfortunately true. So Cage um, Warriors. Super Saturday. Cage Warriors, yeah. Actually, Jesus, I nearly forgot about it. We do, do we, we don't have a cage. Oh, we have it known. Yeah, let's get to, let's get the Cage Warriors, and it's a really really good card, isn't it? Nathaniel Wood is on it. Um, yeah, I don't know much about his opponent, but he's twelve and one, an Italian I, guy. I watched a couple of his fights today before the podcast, and uh, there's a couple of his ACB fights up, but every fight I watch, he's kind of take down, submit him. So I don't know that much about him, but he looks really good on the ground. T- hard top game, uh, good takedowns as well. So I'm, you know, I'm, looking f- I'm looking forward to seeing that after watching a bit of him. But as I say, I haven't seen much of him, but Nathaniel Wood, top, top prospect. Yeah, he, he's looked really, really good in his last few fights like that. That Josh Reed fight was brilliant. Uh, he has a win over, over Vaughn Lee as well. Uh, who's also fighting on this card? He he lost to to Alan Philpot back in I think it was in Dublin, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I've terrible memory. I don't know. It was Kone. It was uh, Kone and, and John and John Phillips in the in the main event in um in Dublin. What was it? Let me just double check that. Oh, Bama twenty four. Yeah, Bama twenty four. Yeah, that that? I remember actually watching that before and saying that he was really good. Yeah, and he he lost him. His only other his only other losses are to to Mike Cutting and Ed Arthur back in 2015 and 2014. I think he's a much better fighter since then. Uh, he's looked really really good. Uh, put away his last four opponents uh, since the Philpot loss. And I don't know. As I said, I don't know much about this other guy, but I, I I'd be expecting Italian Wood to, to look good again here. And looked at, he seems to be improving fight the fight. So uh, I think he get the job done. But it's hard to know when you when you don't know much about the opponent. Hundred percent. Yeah, I really like Nathaniel Wood. You know, he's. I think he'll be in the UFC. You'll see before long. Maybe this Liverpool card might come a little bit too soon for him. Although you wouldn't know, maybe. But I think, you know, in the next twelve months or so, he'll be he'll be there and looking forward to him uh, going in here again uh, against uh, Levine. Um, Jack Shore as well is another big prospect, or maybe not prospect at this stage, but another good fighter coming out, and he's fighting Vaughn Lee. Uh, who's you know a lot of people would know Von Lee as a as a big uh, a big UK MMA veteran and and it's a big fight here for for Jack Shore as well you know get a little bit of maybe the rub off Von Lee yeah it's the uh, the toughest matchup I think on paper anyway of his of his career so far he's he's seven and oh he's looked he's looked really good he's been finishing I think he's finished all his opponents has he he's finished yeah he's finished every uh, all of his professional fights and he's he he was what like one two three four five six seven eight. 12 and 0 an amateur as well. Uh, beat Tommy Martin, who's an, a guy from SPG, who's a really good mm-hmm. amateur as well. And Lovely one, hair, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, great. He, he, the, the Irish psycho, I think he calls himself. Uh, so he, yeah, he, he he's more experienced than his than a seven zero record would tell you. And he's he's been going through guys. He's been fighting since 20, 2012 and he's a finisher. Even even in his um, even in his amateur career, from about his. Sixth, sixth fight onwards. It's been all. It's been all finishes. Bar, bar his last amateur fight, which was the, which was when he won the IMAF European Championships uh, in his last amateur fights. So up, this is a really good, really good prospect. And 
I'm expecting him to get the win here, but uh, it's definitely his, his, uh, his toughest opponent today. He's a crafty veteran who's, who's what, 28, 29 fights. Yeah, 100%. And this is a, a double main card as they're doing Cage Warriors once a year and, and just prelims as well. Um, the Nathaniel Wood fight will will headline the, the main main card. With, and then the second main card is going to be uh, Carl Moore and Mauro Sorelli. You'd like Sam Creasy's on the undercard of that as well. Yeah, Brad Darren O'Gorman as well. Darren O'Gorman, yeah. Irishman. Fight for him. Um, what about Carl Moore, though, coming in here, going up to heavyweight against Mauro Sorelli? Uh, Carl fought at, at middleweight not too long ago, but he's absolute beastly now isn't he and you know heavyweight i don't think it'd be too much of a problem for him yeah he moved up to 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 roll from the middleweight to light heavyweight what probably about three four years ago now um so he, i i don't think he's ever getting back down there the size of him especially when he's gone up to heavyweight for this fight now uh he's obviously looking to, to capture the second belt he's already the the cage warriors light heavyweight champion He's looking to do what, what Conor McGregor did and hold two belts at the, uh, in Cage Warriors at the same time. So that that would create a bit of buzz around him. I'd say he's he's a hard man to track down for for media and for for interviews and stuff like that. Maybe he needs to do a little bit more of that if he wants to to ensure his place in the UFC. But a, a big win over uh, this weekend against uh, eleven and two guy like uh, for the heavyweight belt. If he can do that, I can. I, th- I think the UFC is next for him. Yeah, hundred percent. I I watched a bit of um Sorelli as well coming in, and he is a big, big guy. You know, for uh, I think they said he was hundred or two hundred and forty-seven pounds, but he looks bigger than that. You know, I mean, not tall, but heavy and strong, very good on top. Uh, got a good finish in the fight. I was watching as well, vicious ground and pound. So it's a, this is a dangerous fight for Carl Moore. You know, he's no joke. Um, and, and especially when you're coming up from a lower weight class. But I really, you know, I think Carl Moore is a top, top. Uh, guy in europe and and he's destined for the ufc especially with light heavyweight and heavyweight i think either of those divisions he fits right in there and he'll, he'll win fights in them so really looking forward to this very you know very very good cage warriors card and uh you know if carl moore gets that win as you mentioned the whole mcgregor thing the double champion i think cage warriors cage warriors actually do a, a really really good job of like promoting things on social media and stuff and it helps that they have the ufc and fight pass uh, to do that as well and I'm sure, um, I'm sure the UFC will mention it and stuff on their broadcasts or on, uh, you know, UFC tonight or whatever coming up. So, so that could help out. So, yeah, big, big, huge fight for Carl Moore. Uh, you know, and a big fight for the North as well. You know, we mentioned last week Reese McKee, who did exceptionally well. You know, Alan Philbot. Uh, you know, we've mentioned him plenty before. Um, uh, Norman Park and loads of other guys, Joe McCulligan as well, uh, doing great work up North. So this. You know, very very good time for for Northern Irish MMA, and um, you know, Karen Morgan in here as well, looking to do, looking to do good as well. So looking forward to to this card, and it should be um should be fun. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right. Let's get to the questions. Thanks to everyone for your questions. Obviously, if you want to have a priority and you want to get your questions guaranteed to be answered here, go over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast. Sign up for. More like a little bit more than the price of a pint in Limerick, a little bit less than the price of a pint of Dublin every month, and you'll get a shitload of content where we've actually put too much content up there at the moment. So there's a, a lot of things going to be coming up. So so head on over there. Um, I, I'm actually probably going to do another video as well, uh, or do another uh, 10 or 15 minutes of a video over on our Patreon, maybe uh, Monday or Tuesday with some of the leftover questions. We have a pile of them this week, so I'm going to do that. So I'll be looking out for that. And if you haven't signed up yet, go over there and sign up. Right, first question from Simon Darty over on Patreon. From a UFC point of view, I think booking Liverpool event instead of Dublin is the right option. As shit as it feels for us, but with my McCann and Pipe possibly debuting until headlining, we can't really compete with that, can we? Also, Bisping maybe in the coming event. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. He's right, isn't he? You know, it's 
it's just perfect timing for Liverpool at the moment. When we were talking about when the Dublin event was being talked about, that was kind of bad timing, and there wasn't really that many guys ready at the moment for coming in and getting on that card. You know, so I think Liverpool yeah. is really the opposite, isn't it? Yeah, with Duffy out with soldiers uh, after her shoulder surgery for what five six months and Artem fighting on this uh this Habib Tony card, uh it just didn't really make sense timing wise for Irish guys on the card. Okay, they they didn't necessarily need all that many Irish guys like Gunnar Nelson's there. He's kind of adopted Irish and they could just maybe throw one more on and people would be happy. So it it, it would they they could have made it work like but it. It definitely makes more sense timing wise for them to do it in Liverpool, even if it is taken away from or if even if it does mean that Ireland and Dublin don't don't get an event this year or this this half year, this this early this early in the year, it's hard to say that it's definitely not gonna happen this year, but um, I, I I think we might have to wait till next year, maybe for, for an Irish card. Yeah, I tend to agree. Uh Shin or sorry, um Simon also asked about uh Pride and, and PEDs and Pride and, and specifically <laughs> I think PEDs were pretty rife in, in Pride. You know, we've seen, uh, I think it was Instant Anyway and, oh, <laughs> and Joe Rogan's podcast talking about that. Fedor, though, I don't know. I wouldn't, I don't know. He, he always kind of had that gut in him. He did look really strong at one stage and obviously he's from Russia as well, which, you know. Uh, it's hard to speculate on and people having so, yeah. failed tests. And... Yeah, that's true. But Graham, we're here to speculate. We've an hour and a half to fill every week. We have to speculate. I know, but it's a pretty serious <laughs> accusation yeah, to be making. Yeah, but I'm saying he wasn't, so I can speculate on him not being in PD. So no, Fedor wasn't on PDs. There you go. Uh, Shane Whelan, and we kind of talked about this already. What, what do you think about um, Megamid tapping? Uh, should he have risked going to sleep a little bit more? It's, you know, it's, he says it's hard to say for him. I, I tend to agree. Yeah, I just think he must have, he must have not known what was going on for that for that split second or something like when you, maybe in a, he, he's so used to like do jujitsu and when you get st- stuck in a locked in submission, you, you just tap out of instinct and maybe that happened. I've heard people say that before that. They kind of have to stop themselves from from tapping. They have to kind of remind themselves that it's that it's not training. <laughs> I think Katzengano kind of said that as well against Ronda Rousey, didn't she? You know, she said she, normally she wouldn't tap to that, and she ended up doing. It. She kind of panicked a little bit, so maybe that was with him as well. Uh, Sean Dini asked, "Do promotions need to be harder on fighters ducking fights?" He gave the example of Jorge Masvidal apparently ducking Gunnar Nelson uh, and Darren Till, uh, and uh, yeah, I no, I don't think so. I think fighters should be more selective about their fights and what what can the promotion do like uh, i think and we'll get on to cage johnson actually in a second we have a question about that as well but i think um you know you need to give the fighters more a say on who they fight and i, I think most of these fighters don't duck people but like look for matchups that are maybe not more favorable but will get them forward a little bit more and i, I can't you know i can't i can't fault them for doing that so yeah i know I, I wouldn't i wouldn't agree with that uh callum divin asked how easy will ireland win the rugby world cup graham what do you think well, there's a long way to go. Isn't there another Six Nations beforehand? Um, the Irish squad though looks some very young players in there who are looking looking good. It was good. It was good to see uh, like Larmer get a, get a, get a, what half an hour was it? Yeah. As well, at the end of the game, like that, that's. I think. I think New Zealand are still the team to beat. Uh, they just got such depth where we we've got Ireland have got the best squad they've had in years. Like they have guys that can come off the bench and and change games, but. New Zealand have that in abundance, and they have they have so many options, and their their forwards are able to offload like like backs and mm, uh, Keith Earls is maybe a bit. I think a lot of the tries were scored in his corner. He's a bit lax defensively. For fuck's sake! Uh, Ireland's best players. We're talking about. Uh, defensively though, he's just a bit lax. I did even like okay, he got that nice ankle tap, but that was because he he had 
kind of ran up too quickly and missed the intercept and he uh he should have he should have done better i thought on their try that they scored off their their crossfield kick but like that's nitpicking but new zealand will will exploit that i think if it comes up against and so i'd be wary of new zealand but i think any everybody else uh ireland, ireland can beat Ireland lose to Australia in the quarterfinals like they always do. There you go. Uh, thoughts on the Mayweather situation? He asks, uh, Callum Divin as well asks, what's the likelihood of Mayweather fighting in MMA? I'm going to give my likelihood at the moment as 15%. Ray, what do you think? I'd be way lower. I'd be like between 5% max. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. Uh, and a question here is our last one from Patreon for the moment. Jack Durgis thoughts on on Cage and Johnson. Did you see his rant afterwards? And it's up on the actually severe my YouTube as well. I my thoughts on this are that Cage and Johnson he was very purposeful did the, doing this. He he got the commentary team to ch- say his name differently. Uh, he came out afterwards and started giving out about the fans booing. It seemed to me like he was trying to do this so he can get that Project Spearhead thing out there and get his name out there a little bit, which, you know, I don't fault him for it, fair enough, but it was I thought it was a little bit see-through, uh, and I'm not sure, I don't know, will it help? Maybe it will help, um, but I think he was kind of clearly doing that, and maybe that's not the best way to go at it, you know, you, you, you'll catch... Um, you'll catch more flies with sugar than you will with fucking, what is it, what's that saying? <laughs> salt i don't know what's don't know. yeah there you go but what did you think of it yeah um it's a, like when you're not on a when you're not a like a big name fighter that people care about you it's a risky maneuver to be to be speaking out like but yeah like somebody's like you know you think that uh, okay that maybe they can't have a union but some kind of fighter association is going to happen at some stage and you got to start somewhere, but I think they're going to need somebody of, of of a bigger name. But it's going to be actually important to the UFC in order for it to work. Yeah, I think himself and Leslie Smith have done a good job so far. So maybe I might get one of one of them on maybe to talk about that over the next months or so. But uh, we, yeah, we'll see where it goes. It's very hard to get interested in these. I think just from a personal point of view, because there have been so many fuck ups before and so know, many false dawns. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every time you take it seriously, it just turns out to be a joke. like a joke. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's go over some of the Twitter questions here. Nick Ildea, true or false, is back. The UFC will put on a show in Ireland in 2018. False, I think. Ooh, false, unfortunately, I think. Nathaniel Wood and Carol Moore's next fights after Saturday will be in the UFC. I'll go false because it's a safer option when there's two of them, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I'd say false as well. Uh, ben Askren will fight in the UFC this year. False. I'm going to say true merely because it was in Ooh. my predictions for the year. So <laughs> I, can't go, I can't go back on it now, although none of them have come through yet, I don't think. Uh, any of the current UFC champions except Conor McGregor will headline a UFC event that does over a hun- 1 million pay per view wise. Any of the current UFC champions except Conor McGregor? I don't understand. No, no, no one can headline a card over a million buys, basically. I think it's what he's saying. Yeah, I, I don't think any of them could. No, uh, yeah, I don't think they can. Um, champions, yeah. let's think. Steve no, definitely not. Cormier, no, unless Steve versus Cormier, but I don't think it will. No, uh, middleweight, who's a middleweight champion? Bobby Whitaker, no, welterweight, Woodley, no, McGregor, yeah, um, Max Holloway, no, unless he fought McGregor, so no, uh, 35, uh, TJ, no, DJ, no, the ladies, Cyborg, Cyborg. Hmm. No, probably not. She fought uh, Ronda, but that's not going to happen. Yeah, true. Nunes, maybe Nunes fought uh, Cyborg, no. Uh, and the, the 120. Who's Nico Montano? What has ever happened to Nico Montano? Where has she gone? 
no idea. Uh, <laughs> Rose and Joanne. Rose, no, no, that's not happening. Uh, George St. Pierre will fight in 2018. True, I think. Ooh, um, I haven't had any update on that. how bad that condition is or how bad that, that whatever whatever happened to him. Uh, his stomach, was it? Um, so like, yeah, Darren Fletcher had. Yeah, that, like, that took Darren Fletcher out for years and he was... Mm, I'll probably go false. Just mm, I'm, I'm, I'm not, yeah, I could be wrong on that one, but I'll go false. Yeah, 100%. No, not 100%. I disagree. I think zero percent. Zero percent. Sean Dinney uh, over on Twitter. Let's get to some of the Twitter questions here. Although that last one was uh, with Stephen Gerrard posting his support of Darren Till. Is it time for us to boycott Till? Hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. The MTK. Actually, it wasn't funny. MTK Global have banned Irish media, but Darren Till ch- spoke to Irish media there on uh, on Saturday. So we've broken down the barriers. For the Irish ban for MPK. Well, that was actually UK media he spoke to, but kind of. He said it was for Severe and Maze. Severe and Maze out of Dublin, Ireland. So it's Irish. But yeah. But yeah. Stephen Gerrard, did you see that? It was actually as we came on. I don't Instagram, know. Instagram, wasn't it? Yeah. Up an Instagram thing. So yeah, that's that's yeah. pretty cool. Legend Stephen Jarrett supporting supporting MMA. He's always he's always been great. You've always loved him, haven't you? He'll, he'll definitely never win the fucking title. So. <laughs> Uh, you love Stephen Jarrett, really. The dickhead. El dickhead. Uh, Andy loves him. You love him as much as you love Mohamed Salah. Hashtag up the darts. Mohamed Salah, one hit wonder. Can't wait till he shit next year and Liverpool have won nothing. It's going to be brilliant. Um, <laughs> who's the second best heavyweight in the world? Who's the best heavyweight in the world? Second best. Or the uh, second best. Yeah. Who's Ooh. the best? I suppose we should say who's the best for us. So I presume Steep is the best. Would you say that? Cole um, Conrad. I knew you were going to say that. I didn't even put him on your team. You can't. You're off the goal. He's an honorary team. captain and he's invited to any team <laughs> events of the dead. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. So let's say Steep is the best. Who's the second best? Hmm. Ooh. I'd love to see Minikov in there. Uh, I'd love to see how he does in there. Uh, he's disappeared off to, to was it, Finite Global or. Is he? I don't know. I haven't heard of him in ages. He was Bellator champion and then he's kind of went know. off and was, yeah. Like he put a beating on, um, what's your man's name? Blanking on the guy who fought Verdum. Volkov, sorry. Volkov, uh, yeah. He put a beating on Volkov and Bellator. Like I'd like to see him in there, but I don't, uh, until he proves it against top guys like, like Derek Lewis, obviously. Then, uh, <laughs> uh, then it's hard to know, but, um, what about, what about John Kane? Jones? Maybe, but it's so hard to say because he's been out for so long. Jones, like if he hasn't fought at heavyweight, DC, DC, yeah, uh, he's got a great record at heavyweight already. Um, We'll give the man an answer. Yeah, I think DC is probably the best. Uh, DC is probably the second best heavyweight at the moment. I'm gonna say Kane. Um, Patrick Cardio Kane. Kane. Yeah. With rumors of a big event in September in Russia, do you think the UFC are putting their eggs in the Habib Nurmagomedov basket and are planning a surprise fight announcement to face off with McGregor if he beats Tony? I could see that. Uh, maybe, but uh, I think it's unlikely. Uh, I wouldn't say it's unlikely, but yeah. Uh, Patrick asked as well, with Dan Hardy doing a great job in the commentary last night, who is your perfect commentary team? I think I'd love to see Anik and Hardy do, do a pay-per-view. I think Hardy is brilliant. I think he's our best play-by-play guy, to be honest. I think he's really good and improving all the time. I really like him. Although I like Cruz as well. And I think DC is improved and I like I still like Rogan. I think they're all good, really. But yeah. yeah I think I think Gooden works really well with Hardy as well. Um. Yeah. Anakin might take a while, like they'll probably they have to do a couple of shows before they kind of click. But yeah, I can see that I can see them working well also. Um 
Yeah, um, like there's there's a few good combinations now. Like so, uh, like I think Jimmy Smith is good. I think Rogan's good. Yeah. Dominic Cruz is good. Hardy's good. Gooden's good. They're all good. good. Like yeah. there's some very very good commentators, and it's, it's a tough thing to do to shout on for seven hours or eight hours. Or an hour and a half, like we fucking do. Brendan Fitzgerald is even good as well. I think, although he didn't have his best shot the last day, I thought he was bad to be honest. But other than that, he's been really good. And Paul Cormier is getting better as well. Cormier has definitely improved. Yeah, we give Cormier a bit of a bit of. Uh, I was going to say stick there, but um, I think um, very good um, analysis of his commentary. Has to be <laughs> so, there you go. Yeah, I think they're all good. My 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 best one. I think it's actually maybe Carmier, Rogan, and Anik. Now I like to I like to treat them together. But I'll, yeah, I, I, if I was asking me which one I want to see, I want to see Hardy and Anik call the pay per view with maybe Rogan as well. Sort of treat him in there. So let's talk Cruz and there. As well, Sean Betts, could this actually happen between Leon Edwards and Darren Till? We've talked about it. Uh, yes or no? Could it actually happen? I don't think it can. It could, but I don't think it will. I don't. Not next. Uh, Patrick asks as well about could Volkov fall into new batch of favorite prospects? No, just because he's been fighting, uh, fighting so long. Try coming prospect Volkov after about fifty fights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> UFC. Are both of you on Till's huge hype train? Are you think it will be derailed soon? Who do you think is the best and worst matchup for him in the top 15? I'm I'm not on the high train, but I think he will be really good, but he's not there yet. So I, I, I like he's in the main event now, so you have to push him. But I wouldn't mind seeing him getting a little bit easier um matchups for him. Who's the best and worst matchup for him? I think uh Wonderboy is probably the worst matchup for him. And the best matchup for him is Masvidal, I think. Destroy Masvidal. Magni. <laughs> Ma- Magni bad or good? Magni, I think, was, was a bad match or is a good matchup for him. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I think Till would beat Magni Handy. Um, What's his takedown defense like? Say again? What's his takedown defense like? T- Till's. Um, it's, I suppose it's it's yet to be seen. Like he was taken, I think he was taken down when he had the, the was it, he dislocated his shoulder or break his arm against uh, yeah, yeah. so that you kind of can take that out of there you know it's very difficult to fight like if anybody's ever dislocated their arm or broken a collarbone or anything like that it's extremely painful and it's it's, it's hard to, to win an MMA round with, with one arm <laughs> one shoulder so you can kind of rule that out there's still, there's still questions to be answered and I don't think there's a rush to put them in there with Wonderboy or Woodley or even DeSantos but or the Sanios, but uh, I think Usman is a bad matchup for him as well. That they should probably keep the two of them away until it's more, until it means more, until it's more important in the in the fans' eyes. So I think uh, somebody like Magni or would be would be a good matchup for him or Masvidal, as you mentioned. Yeah, I don't think they would necessarily be Masvidal. Right, three or four more here. Shane Saunders asked one about covering media. I'm gonna answer that over over on our Patreon because I'd like to go into depth a little bit about that. So look out for that there. Da- Shane Kiley at Shane K S E eighty five asked Dan Hardy was Dan Hardy right thinking Tom Dukumat will grow into a featherweight again? Maybe he will, but that fight against Brendan Lachnan, he looked tiny in there. So that that's and Brendan Lachnan's a big featherweight as well. I suppose he's more of a lightweight even. Uh, but I wouldn't know. I think he's. I think he's a bantamweight. Yeah, I think he's a bantamweight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gavin Spring. It does Manuel need to look at his IQ and training regime? As it appears, he has stagnated and not progressed like other light heavyweights have. Just can't rely on that bomb. No, I just think that's the way he fights. I don't think he's. I don't think he's, as I mentioned, really athletic. Now he's athletic, but he's not like a fast moving guy. He's more of a guy who throws those bombs and uses his power. So I think that's good. His body shape and he, that's the way he he should fight and 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 we keep fighting. So I, no, I don't think. 
I don't think he's moving on from that. Just find, there's always better ways to land those powerful shots, so I think he can do that. Um, Mr. Podge is here. Let me get to one of his questions. Uh, he asked about Cub Swanson, um, and it's just a negotiation tactic. He says uh, after Cub is no longer under the uh, UFC banner and he's taken out of the, the rankings. Do, do you think it's a negotiation tactic by the UFC? I, I don't, he's in the rankings, the ones I'm looking at. Is he? All right. He's but, four. I don't know. That Cub Swanson quoted some tweet or something, but they've done this before. What do you think about Cub in the UFC, though? I'd like to see Cub resigned. Yeah, I'd like to see him resigned, but I don't know if he if he has that strong of an argument for like the. I think the UFC could afford to lose him. I don't think he's selling any pay per views or bringing mad attention. But he's a he's like he's a top five, top six guy in the division, and you'd hope the UFC would want to keep keep them, even if he even if maybe financially. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't benefit the UFC all that much. Yeah. He's been around for ages. He fought with them under the with Zufa under the WEC banner. He's been he's headlined some some fight nights. He's had some really good fights. Like the Jeremy Stevens fight was good. Even the Artem fight was good. He's he's a good litmus test for any for any up and coming big prospect as well. So hopefully he stays around. But it depends on what he asks for. Like he, maybe he can make more money in in KSW or in uh, Bellator or elsewhere. Yeah, uh, Mr. Podge asked as well about who should CM Punk fight next. I think we all agree, Mike Jackson, and that Wally Frogmore asks about uh, the Dublin card uh, moving. Uh, yeah, I think hopefully it'll come back next year. Harry Powell asks about the Liverpool card as well. And is there room for Carl Moore? I, I, do, you, do you agree with me? Nick, if he wins, if he wins this weekend, he has a great chance of getting that. Yeah, as long as it's not some kind of stinker of a fight. Like I, I think if he wins. If he wins by finish, or if he wins in an impressive decision where he dominates, I think I think he deserves it. I think, the, as I said, the two belts thing in cage wires, and as you said about how good cage wires are at promoting their guys, uh, trying to push them into the UFC um, when they, when they feel they're ready. I think I think all that will work together nicely, and uh, it's a short trip over to Liverpool. So yeah, I think it makes sense. Yeah, we've two culinary questions here as well. Harry Paul asked about my brilliant cooking over Instagram, and Sam Kevin asked if you had to have a three course meal before you died. What would you have on us? Dead row job. I'd have um, I'd have volavants to start. Chicken and mushroom volavants to start. I'd have um, main course. What would I have? I don't know. I'd probably have a burger, a really nice burger, like one cooked by by Gordon Ramsay or something. And then I'd have profiteroles to to end. You know, simple enough, but delicious. Mm, just so, I don't know why it just popped into my head, but maybe some aromatic duck as a starter. Mm. Mm. delicious a burger a Ramsey burger would be good but since you said that maybe I just go for a, I don't know a really nice pizza pepperoni pizza yes. um and then for dessert I'm not really a big dessert person um um mm, I don't know dessert I can kind of take it or leave it to be honest uh don't know yeah some kind of chocolate <laughs> Uh, two or three more here. Alan Horn. Or, uh, tart, uh, a, malt, a malt milkshake. Oh, beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Alan Horn, who do you think is the biggest prospect in Irish amateur MMA? Amateur. Valdrum. Valdrum. Is he still knocking around, is he? Um, he's training, I think, now with Phil Mopeter in uh, SPG Portland or Port Arlington. Um, I suppose so, uh, the likes of Lee Hammond. Yeah, Lee Hammond, another impressive win against an undefeated amateur in Jack Monaghan. He's going over to the, the European 
the IMMF European Championships. We actually put up uh, the provisional squad is up on Severe MMA. Uh, obviously, Yogi Dave Fogarty will be making his uh, annual appearance, and Lee Hammond will be back there. And you can see the full list of, of all the fighters that are going. Uh, I'd say Lee would have to be up there, yeah. Um, and what about probably. Danny Nyland as well? Uh, I, I, yeah, to, yeah. But she, she have to be up there. Rosa Walsh as well for another female fighter. Jack Mullins, as you mentioned there as well, very good. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a good. John good Byrne has been around a while. I think he took. I think he's lost his, a couple of his last, maybe two or three, two or three. Uh, he's lost uh, two of his last two or three. But it's it's a, le- it's a learning process that uh, at amateur, so it's not really that that big of a deal to lose. Yeah. Last question here from Andy Stevenson. Uh, what would benefit Tom Dukumar more, a change of weight class or a change of camp? Well, but it's down to the commentary. He's not actually the commentary team. He's not actually over with in Albuquerque with Jackson all that much. Maybe uh, I thought he was over there more. Maybe he just needs to to spend a little more time over there. Maybe maybe take a little bit. Don't take a fight so quickly uh, uh, again this time, and just maybe give a month or two of of not having to worry about weight cutting and cardio and stuff, and just working on techniques and wrestling defense maybe, and just a couple of little things. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I think definitely. Um, I, I think a change of, um, of, of maybe not changing camp, but going back to Jack Winkleon, he he trained for this fight, I believe, over in uh, over in France. So yeah, I think maybe get back to Jack Winkleon and work. Um, you know, keep working a little bit, a little bit closer with them would be the be the best thing uh, they can do. Uh, thanks very much, everyone, for, for those questions. As I said, uh, patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast. Do like Jason Lee, Shane Whelan, Lee, Karen Stapleton, Jimmy, Jason Lee. Oh, these are reading these twice again. Why do they keep popping up? Hold on. Keen, Mark Burke, Blake Henderson, uh, Darren Donahue, Mark Ashbridge, Alan Harper, Barry, Shane Saunders, uh, Harry Powell, Keen McCrohan, Ross Finley, Eamon McLean, Andy Stevenson, all the boys did. Uh, if I miss you, give me a shout and I'll, I'll mention you again next week. But yeah, thanks to all those people for signing up and everyone else who signed up uh, for Patreon. We're looking to get to 100. What are we on now, Graham? Like 69, 70. So if you haven't signed up yet, go over there and, and sign up and uh, we'll, we'll be pumping out the, the content for you um, as well. So there you go. Graham, anything else to add before we go? No, that about does it. Beautiful. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And here's the inspiration quote of the week. Do not go where a pat may lead. Go instead where there is no pat and leave a trail. See you next Tuesday. Or Monday. Or maybe Sunday.